This is episode 14 of Magic and the Law of Attraction with Madame Pamita. Hello, everyone. I'm your host, Madame Pamita, and you're listening once again to Magic and the Law of Attraction, the podcast where you'll learn how to transform your life in magical ways to make it the very best that it can be. Well, I want to start out by saying thank you for all the wonderful feedback you've been sending me. I've been getting so many sweet messages from you guys on Instagram of all places. And by the way, Instagram is my absolutely favorite social media platform to tell you the truth. So it's really fun to see you guys over there. And by the way, if you are an Instagrammer and haven't hooked up with me yet on Instagram, my account is Madam Pamita, all one word. So come on over. I'd love to see you over there. And to all of you out there, Instagrammers or not, thank you so much for being so patient with me as I get these podcasts out as often as I can. Some weeks here at Shea Papa are more intense than others, and I just give myself the space to roll with it. And I'm really thankful that you are rolling with it with me too. Does that make any sense? I don't know. Anyway, um, not only have I been busy taking care of my dad over the past week or so, I've been also very busy gearing up for the Hoodoo Heritage Festival, which is coming on May 14th and 15th. It's the big annual gathering of readers and root workers and people who are interested in magic and hoodoo. And it's held at the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, which is in Sonoma County in California. It's an amazing weekend, chock full of workshops, fun, and fellowship with like-minded magical folks. And I'm extra excited about it this year because I'll be teaching a hands-on workshop on how to make teas and infusions as magical potions. Not only that, but I'll also be doing some euphonious prognostication, which is my old-time musical medicine show where I tell fortunes and play some old weird American music from the 1920s and 30s, just like I do in the theme song for the show. And as an extra added bonus, I'm also going to be doing tea leaf readings under the reader's tent between the workshops. So tea leaf readings are something that I don't get the opportunity to do a lot at the Parlor of Wonders. They are amazing and magical and so very cool. And if you've never had one before, I highly, highly recommend it for your magical bucket list. A tea leaf reading is an experience that everyone should have at least once in their lives. So if you are going to be able to come up to the Hoodoo Heritage Festival and want to get a tea leaf reading with me, that festival will be your one chance in the foreseeable future to get one. And if you'd like to find out more about the Hoodoo Heritage Festival, just head over to missionaryindependent.org slash workshops.html. And you can find the information about tickets, how to book a reading with me, and see all of the other great workshops and presenters who are going to be offering classes. I'll post a link to the Hoodoo Heritage Festival in the show notes. So if you didn't get that um, URL, you can go over there to Magic and the Law of Attraction and look up episode 14, and you can find the link there and check out all the fabulousness of it. So needless to say, with all this preparation with teas and infusions, Herbs have been big on my mind for these past couple of weeks. So this week's question comes at the perfect time. 
Don't you love it when that happens? Uh, Frank from London, Ontario writes, I've been dabbling in folk magic for a little while. And the thing that comes up quite often for me is a curiosity as to why certain plants and herbs are used for certain things. That is, why does cinnamon bring in money and what is it about angelica root that is so protective? I suppose an easier way to ask this is simply, why do plants work in magical workings? What is it about them that has the power to do what they do? This is a great question, Frank. I love these sorts of questions that people ask with Um, their curious minds, not just what is something or how do I do this, but the ones that allow us to dig deeper to get some real understanding about the topic. And herbs are an amazing topic. I've been getting excited all week thinking about the herb lore legends and spells that I can share with you. So herbs are such a fundamental part of magic. They are really the root of almost all magical ingredients. When you get into quality, authentic magical tools, incense, oils, sachet powders, mojo bags, altarpieces, baths, teas, potions, and perfumes, they are all sourced from botanicals. If you've listened to other episodes of this podcast, you've heard me refer to botanicals as our herbal allies. These are the tools that give oomph to our spell work. Yes, you can do a spell and work intentionally without these herbal allies, but why not have some support around your intention? It's like the difference between walking alone into a party where you don't know anyone and walking into that same party with a group of loving, supportive friends around you. Working with herbs and other magical allies, you will feel energetically supported in your spell work. And that's what these magical allies are for, to offer that extra support when we do spells. So why are herbs so magical? Herbs are living things which have a vibration. The energy that these herbs give off can support our intentions. And like different groups of people, different herbs vibrate around different topics. Like if you go to a party with a bunch of artists, it's going to have a very different vibe than a party with a bunch of accountants or a party with a bunch of conservationists. Herbs are the same. Some herbs are attractive, others cleanse and clear. Some focus on issues surrounding money and prosperity, others center on issues of the heart and so on. So Frank asks, how did certain herbs become associated with certain types of magical workings? It's an interesting question, and to get to it, we have to go back to a time when people lived much more closely to the land. Nowadays, with most of us living in cities, we get our herbs dried and from the store. But it was only a few generations ago that people were in close contact with nature, growing their own crops and harvesting plants in the wild. From my personal experience as a gardener and a tree-hugging nature lover, there is a huge difference in your connection to plants when you spend this kind of time with them. Learning to identify wild plants or growing a plant from a seed will open your eyes to who the plant is and what it can offer you. 
It's the difference between meeting someone for the first time or raising them from babyhood to adulthood. You better believe that raising a plant from a seed offers an intimate knowing of its essence. Very, very, very different than buying a packet of herbs from the store. And when you are in true close communion with the plant world, you can ask the plants directly how they can assist you magically. Our ancient and even more recent ancestors for whom this intimate knowing of our plant allies was business as usual, would intuitively ask the plants how they could help. For example, we know the story of how Angelica got its name. During the bubonic plague of the Middle Ages, a monk had a dream in which St. Michael the Archangel appeared, telling him to use this herb to help victims of the plague. The monk was faced, as was everyone at that time, with a huge problem, how to cure the plague. And the herbs spoke to him through Archangel Michael, giving him a magical and medical remedy for this horrible epidemic. And while the plague isn't an issue for us nowadays, we still use Angelica for protection and healing. So when I say, ask the plants, Of course, I don't mean that I'm having an actual conversation with a plant. So please don't send me to the funny farm just yet. Talking with a plant is a lot like talking with your spirit guides. You ask internally and you get internal answers to your question. If you haven't listened to episode 9 and 10 where I talk about connecting to your guides, it would be really helpful for understanding this process. But suffice to say, when I need to ask a plant what it can do magically, I sit with the plant and get very still. Then in my mind, I ask what's the plant's specialty or how it can help me or my clients. And then I wait for the answer. If you are just beginning to work with herbs magically, this is a great experiment to try. Before researching what an herb can do magically, Get some of the herb and hold it in both hands. Fresh is best, but whole dried herbs can also speak to us very clearly, though we may have to listen a little harder to hear what they have to say. Hold the herb in both hands and just begin by looking at it. When you start to look at the shape, color, and texture, you may start to get some hints as to what it can do. One of the ways that our ancestors discovered the magical association of plants was through the doctrine of signatures. The doctrine of signatures is the herbalist's understanding that some plants will physically resemble the condition they're meant to address. So, for example, the heart-shaped leaf of the violet is used for love spells, or the five leaves of five-finger grass assist in bringing luck to things that you do with your hands. Now, not all magical herbs follow the doctrine of signatures, but it's a great place to start when you are trying to ascertain what you can use an herb for magically. After you've looked at the herb, focus on asking it what it can help with, and then just sit in a meditative way and see what messages you get back. Some people get an even stronger sense of the herb by smelling it while they're doing this. 
Once you've received all that the herb wants to tell you, then go look up the magical uses of the herb and see if you get similar messages to what others have received for that plant. If they are the same, then yay. But if the messages that you received are radically different than what others say about the herb and its magical uses, then sit with the herb again and see if you still get the same message or a revised one. It doesn't necessarily mean that the message that you got initially is wrong. It may be that there are other ways that the herb can be used magically for you and you alone. Test out these personal uses magically to see if the herb works for you in your newly discovered way. If you are interested in really delving into the magic of herbs and would like some helpful resources that you can refer to time and again with your spell work, then I recommend two books that I find completely indispensable. The first one is Cunningham's Encyclopedia of Magical Herbs by Scott Cunningham. This book is a phenomenal resource for mostly European-based herb magic. The other book that I refer to time and again is Hoodoo Herb and Root Magic by Catherine Ironwood. This one is the ultimate reference for African-American folk magic. I own more than one copy of each of these books and they are dog-eared and marked up because I refer to them constantly. I'll put links to both these books in the show notes at magicandlawofattraction.com so you can take a look at them. If you do start researching plant magic, what you'll notice is that not all plants are listed in herb magic books. And why is that? Well, there are almost 300,000 species of plants in the world. Does that mean that only the plants listed are magical and that other plants are not magical? Heck no. It's just that no one has compiled all the plants and their magical purposes. And there are plenty of plants. In fact, the majority of plants for which we haven't yet discovered the magical use. That means that there are a whole lot of plants that you can spend time with and discover their magical use for yourself. Be an intrepid herbal explorer and get out there and see what the plants tell you that they can do magically. If you get really deeply into studying the spiritual uses of plants, looking at how they are used in multiple cultures and magical paths, you'll start to notice something interesting. When we look at many herbs that grow in various parts of the world, more often than not, we find that across cultures, even cultures who have had little or no contact, the magical uses of the herb match up. I'll give you an example. Ginger originates from Southeast Asia, but around the first century ACE, during the days of the silk and spice trade routes, it began being traded all over the European, African, and Asian continents. Almost all the cultures in the world have medicinal as well as magical properties for ginger, and all of them involve heating up spells, particularly love spells. Now, it is possible that when ginger began to be traded that the magical lore went along with it. But it's just as likely that early magicians tuned into the heat of the spice and were clued into the fact that ginger could heat up love and lust spells in an exciting way. 
And like the curious seekers that many of them undoubtedly were, they probably tested it on subjects and observed whether it produced the expected result. Once they gave someone a lust potion with ginger in it and saw that it got someone hot and excited, they could pass this knowledge on to their apprentices. The apprentices could accept this knowledge or question it, but generation after generation across the divide of culture after culture, the magical properties of ginger have been passed down and remained constant. So as you dive into magic across more than one culture, take some time to compare how each culture used the herb magically and marvel at the wonder of the alchemy of the plants. If you are ready to dive in deeply to working with herbs, and as a magic worker, I really recommend at least trying to work with herbs. Spend some time in nature, go on a walk, and notice the plants around you. Find the ones that you are drawn to and converse with them. Buy magical herbs that don't grow around you and try them out in spells and see how they work. Take the time to get to know these gorgeous herbal allies, become friends with them, and let them escort you to your spellworking party. Well, that about does it for this episode of Magic and the Law of Attraction. If you would like to get even more info about working with herbs in magical spells, then check out my YouTube video page at hoodoohowto.com where you can see many, many videos showing you how to work with herbs in candle magic, mojo bags, and more. And if you want to find out some amazing ways of working with herbs, then please subscribe to the Spell a Week newsletter and get a free copy of my gorgeously illustrated ebook, Seven Secrets to Supercharge Your Spell Work. In it, I have a whole chapter dedicated to our herbal allies and the ways you can access their power for spell work. Just go to sevensecretsebook.com and get your free copy today. I want to say another huge thank you to Frank for his super inspiring questions about herbs. If you have a question about spells, hoodoo, law of attraction, divination, and any other magical or spiritual topic, you can go to magicandthelawofattraction.com, scroll down to the bottom of the page, and you'll see the forms for submitting your question there. Your questions are so awesome. I love reading through them. And if your question gets chosen for a future episode, you get a gift certificate to my online store, Madame Pemita's Parlor of Wonders, an esoteric emporium, spiritual apothecary, and repository of arcane wisdom. Basically, the Parlor of Wonders is your one-stop online shop for magical supplies, tarot readings, spells, and a ton of free magical instruction. The ingredients for every spell recipe that we mention on Magic and the Law of Attraction are available at parlorofwonders.com. So head over there to check it out. Can I give a ginormous big smooch to all of the fabulous Law of Attraction magicians out there who have subscribed to and shared this podcast with their friends? And a huge, even bigger smooch to the fabulous folks who have left reviews on iTunes. Every time I do this podcast, I send a gratitude and loving shot of magic to you. Just thanking you for being so fabulous and listening. And a specific thank you to this week's fabulous listeners who have left some awesome reviews. It was a lot of reviews this week. So the first one I'd like to thank is Hoodoo Honey number one, who said, I'm so excited and looking forward to starting my new magical journey in life. Thanks to your podcast. 
That is awesome. I love that. And thank you to Sarah Lou, who says, Madam Pamita's podcast is such a treat. Thank you, Sarah Lou. And a big thank you to Mo Franco, who says, I've been listening since day one. That is awesome, Mo Franco. You get an extra gold star next to your name. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, also want to say thank you to Pong Bro, who has said that I have enjoyed exploring Madame Pamita's website and great instructional videos. Yes, those are the instructional videos you find on hoodoohowto.com. So thank you, Pong Bro, for sending that. And to Debcat81, who said, I'm so glad I found this amazing gem of a podcast. Thank you, Debcat81. That is amazing. And I'm so, so, so appreciate it. And every week we run a contest to pick our favorite written review from that week and give that person a free 30-minute tarot reading with me. And we have a winner. This week's winner is Beacon Street 55, who said, my brother got me hooked on this podcast. I find the podcast so interesting and informative. I love tuning in and hearing all the discussions. It's my go-to podcast as I travel through the city of New York. Keep up the good work, Madam Pamita. So nice Beacon Street 55. I love it. I'm just totally picturing your brother telling you to listen, you listening and traveling the magical, really fun streets of New York. So thank you so much for that really great review. Um, get in touch with me, Beacon Street 55, so we can send um, you your certificate for your 30-minute reading. Just send me an email and we'll get that right out to you. And hey, you person out there who has not put a review up on iTunes, do you want a free 30-minute tarot reading too? You do? Well, then go to iTunes, subscribe to the podcast, and post a written review. Let me know what you like. You can let me know how you listen to it. Anything personal, you can put that into. And we'll do it all again next week. We'll give away another prize because I love giving away prizes. So thank you so much, everyone, for joining me. I'm looking forward to next week when we'll be answering the question, how do you dispose of spell leftovers? I probably should have saved that podcast for Thanksgiving. Oh, well, we're going to have it next week. Until next time, this is Madame Pamita saying, keep making your life the most magical adventure ever. Ever.